0: That verse says the life that is life at the end, right? Yes. So that sounds like the life to the fullest that Jesus came to give us from John 10.10. That is our purpose statement here. We exist to experience and share the life to the fullest that Jesus came to give us. And this is one of the ways that we experience that life that is life. Thanks, Dave. And uh, for you, you need to understand and know that we are all about life to the fullest. And behind the scenes, we've been working hard as a staff team to try to work on determining a new discipleship pathway. How are we going to help you grow into the future? Because this is a lifelong learning process. And Life to the fullest looks like always growing, always learning until you're with Jesus, and then probably we'll learn more. But in the midst of growing and learning, one of our core competencies that we want everybody to learn about is hearing God's voice. We believe this is absolutely key to being able to walk with Jesus. In this series that we're teaching about walking in his steps and at his pace, wearing his light yoke, we are learning once again about hearing the voice of God. And before the kids were dismissed this morning, I thought it would be really important for them to watch this little video that I'm going to show. Why? Well, in part because it's a cartoon. Let's be honest. I love cartoons. I think that they speak to all of us regardless of what age we are. But it also introduces our passage that we're going to talk about this morning here as adults in the Dome. But it also communicates this. Junior hires kids, you're never too young to hear the voice of
1: God speaking to you. Take a look. Stories of the Bible. God speaks to Samuel. This is Samuel. Hi. Samuel was the son of Hannah. Hey, Samuel. Hannah prayed for God to give her a son, and God did. So Hannah gave Samuel back to God and Samuel grew up in the temple serving under Eli, the priest. Hi, Eli! As Samuel grew up, he learned how to serve God from Eli. Samuel lived in the house of God, but he did not know God or what God's voice sounded like. In those days, messages from God were rare. But one night after Eli had gone to bed, Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle when suddenly God called out, Samuel! Huh? Samuel got up and ran to Eli and said, Did you call me? Mommy? Eli said, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. So Samuel did. Then God called out again, Samuel. Huh? And again, Samuel got up and ran to Eli asking, Did you call me? me. Eli said, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. So Samuel did. God called Samuel for a third time, Samuel. Huh? And Samuel went to Eli yet again. Hmm. After three times, Eli realized that God was trying to speak to Samuel. So Eli taught Samuel to say, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Okay! Samuel went back to bed, and God came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel! And Samuel said, Speak, your servant is listening. God told him many things about what would happen to Israel. As Samuel grew up, God was with him, and everything God spoke through Samuel came true. Samuel was seen as a great prophet of God because he could hear the voice of God and he listened when God spoke to him.
2: There are so many first moments to remember with children, their first step, their first word, but tonight a different kind of first, a little boy about to hear his dad's voice for the first time. This is the moment so many people are talking about. Grayson Clamp, three years old, he had never heard his father Hi, before.
1: Grayson. Talk to him, Daddy. Daddy loves you. Daddy <laughs> loves you.
2: Grayson points his Daddy. finger there, hearing sound for the first time ever.
0: Space. Can you hear Daddy? Yeah. He
2: Daddy loves you. Grayson was born without nerves in either of his ears. Watch as his father tries to talk with his little boy, who in this moment has turned back to his book. Show me puppy. Yeah and little Grayson points to the puppy on that book. As the moment unfolds dad simply asks his little boy a question.
0: You hear daddy?
2: Yes? Everyone in the room recognizing it's almost too much for this little boy to comprehend at first. It's now been a month though since that moment and Grayson's mother tonight telling us she remembers it like it just happened.
1: A mix of overwhelming joy Relief, excitement.
2: Without those nerves in his ears, a cochlear implant at 18 months old didn't work. So here's what doctors did instead stimulate an experimental procedure, directly. complex brain surgery. With. So rare he's the first child to have it in the U.S. Bypassing the ears altogether, surgeons inserted a tiny microchip directly onto the brain's sound processing center, right there in the brain stem, to stimulate hearing, skipping the ears and going straight for the brain. The operation took eight hours. Four weeks he would spend in the hospital sleeping with that teddy bear. Grayson's mother telling us her son transformed. He's more aware of
1: what's going on around him.
2: Both parents knowing the first words he heard, Daddy loves you.
1: Daddy loves
0: you. We've been talking about the posture of listening and tuning in specifically to hear our Heavenly Father's voice. And I love this story of Grayson who hadn't heard anything for his first three years of life, and all of a sudden, he hears for the first time his father's voice. And what are the words he hears? Daddy loves you. For so many of us, hearing God's voice seems almost as impossible for us as Grayson hearing during those three years with no hope of having to seemingly, seemingly have this superpower of being able to hear your dad's voice, something you feel like you'd somehow just missed out on and you didn't inherit it. But when God helps you to hear his voice, it is most often to speak those same words. Daddy loves you. A lot of us are shocked to hear, hear God's voice, just as Grayson was shocked to finally hear. And it transforms our life when we do. Just like his mother said, it's transformed his life. He's more aware of the things around him. When we're hearing God's voice, it transforms our life. And we're actually more aware of the things going on around us. It puts things into context and leads us into Life to the fullest. So we saw a cartoon. It was really cute. Version of Samuel hearing God's voice for the first time. I am aware that the cartoon shows them sleeping with the ark. That would have been the Holy of Holies. For those of you who are Bible nerds, good job knowing that. Just let it make you feel smart. It's a cartoon. Don't worry. We still study the Bible. We're still committed to it. People freaking out all over the place. You can turn to 1 Samuel 3 if you'd like. I'm just going to make a few observations about this. Now, Samuel, this little boy, is living in the place where God's presence is. While he's not sleeping in the Holy of Holies with the ark, it is in the same tent complex, if you will. Remember, this is a, a tent, a tabernacle. This is before the temple is created. So it's a temporary dwelling, but he's in the vicinity of the holy of holies, the most holy place where God reveals himself. I've just finished listening through the whole Torah and As you either listen or read through the first five books of the Bible, you begin to understand how holy God is. We sung about his holiness. I talked about his holiness. We quoted verses about his holiness, his otherness, his perfection. And this is the space where he's sleeping. Talk about a good place to hear God's voice potentially. And verse 1 from chapter 3. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord before Eli. In other words, he's working, Eli's his boss, Eli is the high priest. And word from the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were infrequent. So let's stop for a second. And let me say this. Some people say, oh, see, it was rare in those days. It's rare in these days. God's voice only speaks to a couple special people in the history of the world, and then He stops speaking for the rest of the time. Not consistent with the counsel of God. You want a good book on this? I just actually picked it up this week and reread it again for fun. It's um, "Surprised uh, by the Spirit" by Jack Deere. A wonderful book, especially if you are a Bible nerd like me and you want to know where to, where can we see clear and compelling evidence from God's Word that. God didn't stop speaking and stop working and stop doing miracles, that's a great read for you. Um, and even if you're not a Bible nerd, you'd still enjoy it. It's great uh, perspective. So God is still speaking today. He's still working today. And, and things. in this case, if you want to hear God's voice, looking at this verse again, sorry, I just needed to make that caveat. If you want to hear God's voice, where it, go where his presence is. It's kind of so simple, it kind of seems silly to say. Samuel's sleeping in the presence of God. So if you want to learn how to hear God's voice, be in places where God's presence already is. Well, where is God's presence? Well, you can go to places like a church. Welcome. Glad you're here. You can worship in the Cathedral of Nature. This is one of the three blogs that I released this week, and if you haven't Signed up for the blog. We'd love for you to do that. In times of worship, in times of silence, praying with a friend even, oftentimes the Lord begins to speak and bring his presence. So Samuel is in the place where he can hear what God's saying. But hearing God's voice was rare in those days, quote unquote. Why? Well, there's one really clear thing that I want to point out to you. Part of it has to do with Eli's poor leadership. Wait, this is a leadership issue? Everything rises and falls on leadership. He's continuing to allow his two sons to sleep with the women who work at the door of the temple and take some of the sacrifices that have belonged to the Lord and eat them themselves. So you're talking about Me Too movement before it was a thing, Right? And you're talking about embezzlement. Eli's fully aware of this. How do I know these things? I read the Bible. 1 Samuel chapter 2. It's so bad that God sends a righteous man who confronts Samuel about it. He says, you know about this and you're not doing anything about it. So Eli allowing this kind of atmosphere for God's most holy place I believe, has closed the mouth of God and closed their ears to hear him. When we allow sin to persist and we don't respond appropriately, God's voice seems to get fainter and fainter and fainter in our ears. Does it mean that he stops speaking? No, but I believe it's harder for us to hear. So one of the ways, one of the ways that we repel God, and we repel God, is it like repellent? is from hearing God's voice, it's the presence of pride. The thing that I kept hearing this week was, the presence of pride replaces the presence of God. The presence of pride replaces the presence of God. More on that later. So, skipping down to verse 7. So, Samuel did not know the Lord. Oh, he's not mature. He hasn't done this a lot. He doesn't know what's going on. He, he, he hasn't really heard God's voice before, nor had the word of the Lord yet been revealed to him. So the Lord called Samuel again for the third time, and he rose, and he went to Eli, and he said, here I am, for you called me, right? So this is the little video we just shot saw. Then Eli discerned that the Lord was calling the boy. Oh, this is the Lord. Verse 9, and Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be, if he calls you, that you shall say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant is listening. So Samuel went and laid down in his place. So here's Samuel, and he's getting some coaching from his pseudo father figure and boss, the high priest Eli. And Samuel humbly goes back and he takes his place. And he's ready to hear and obey. So Samuel didn't know the Lord yet. He hadn't heard the voice of God yet. And for us, we're all, we all start in the same place hearing God's voice. Are they going to lock me up if I say I did that? But we all need to start somewhere, and we all need to learn how to know that it's God speaking. God is always speaking. It's just a matter of us learning how to hear what he has to say. And sometimes God is speaking and we think it's someone else, right? Samuel thinks it's Eli speaking, but it's actually God. And even though Eli is an extremely flawed leader, he gets this right. We'll give him credit. He gives the young Samuel some next steps that he needs to hear God's voice. And it's super helpful to have someone else in your life that you're talking to about these things. Someone else who follows Jesus, who's also learning along with you. Giving you some guidance, some next steps on here how to hear God's voice. I am one of the guides on the side for you, but it needs to be more than me. And I'll talk more in the rest of this series about the importance of having one conversation for one hour with one person every week. One conversation for one hour with one person every week. Doing life together. Some of you think, oh, that happens all the time. Well, great, you've got a great system in place then. You've got people that are walking with you, fantastic. Most of you don't. If I had you raise your hand, which I'm not going to do, most of you would say, I don't have a one-hour conversation with one person one time a week about stuff that matters, about your soul, about God, about what you're wrestling with, about what you're praying for. Well, Eli, I love the fact that Eli doesn't say, oh, you're too young to hear God. Just stop it. No. He encourages him. He assumes that it's not just his thoughts or imagination. Do not be surprised if you're Kids begin to hear God's voice before you do. Please, please, please do not dissuade them. They think God is speaking to them. In the morning, Eli says, hey, what did God say? You can look at this passage later in your quiet time with God, but ooh, it's a rough message from God. Oh man, it doesn't end well. But Eli is confident that God has spoken To Samuel, and he has. So here's Samuel taking his place in a humble place, and here God's greatest revelation happens during rest. I don't know about you, but I hear the most things from God. The most things are revealed right as I'm waking up in the morning. Anybody else like that? Just just me. Okay, just a few of us, Right. I mean, my buddy Stephen, he'll lay down for a nap and the Lord will show him something and he'll wake up. He's like, I got to go figure this out. I love that. Why? Because all of a sudden, God gets your brain out of the way so he can just speak to your heart. And if you're willing to receive, he wants to speak to you. So God's greatest revelation here happens during rest. Commercial for moving slower. Adopting this posture of slowing that we talked about several weeks ago. Rhythms that are punctuated by rest that open you up to hear God's voice. My daughter, Mimi, is raising a sheep. And um, we have fully embraced the agricultural mindset. I didn't wear my boots today, although I have a really nice pair. I'll wear them now that my leg is healed up. I can wear them again. But we are fully embracing the agricultural mindset, so much so that we're listening to country music. (gasps) Some of you are cheering, others of you are worried about my salvation. I realize that country music is actually modern-day lament. Because you know what you get when you play country music backwards? Your dog back, your trailer back, your house back, your wife back. Okay, sorry. You just needed a little intermission there to kind of lighten the mood. I listened to this, uh, you know, I don't know if you have a smartphone, but it'll just play music that's kind of similar to the ones that you were playing. So one came on as I was driving to the golf course yesterday, and it was a country song about the way I talk. And um, the song talks about talking slow like Mississippi roads. And then he says, it's just like I live just the way that I talk. And that the way that this country singer, has slowed, even his speech has moved into his life. And we need to begin to slow our bodies and our minds down so that we can be more present to God, more present to ourselves, and more present to others. If we do, we will begin to experience pieces and parts of life to the fullest. So, Samuel experiences God's voice in a place of rest, commercial for entering into rest. I have finished my message for four weeks in a row on Thursday night, which is my goal. I have never before this last month ever gotten my message done even more than one time in a row in 10 years. Why? Because I have been doing the things that I'm talking about. My life has been changed. Why? Because I've chosen into the rhythms and the pace of my Savior. Am I getting it wrong? Oh, yeah, I still mess up time management all the time because I love people so much. I'm like, oh, there you are. And my message is still like, do uh, you want to get me done sometime? So here's Samuel. He's experienced God's voice Dropping down to verse 19, so Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall. There's a great message about prophecy in here that well, I'll put on the shelf for later. But in other words, Samuel learns over time, more and more and more, just like we do, how to hear God's voice. He doesn't learn it all overnight. It's not like some gift that's given to him. He practices listening to God. And Samuel ends up being a prophet. I would argue maybe one of the greatest prophets, if not the greatest prophet. my opinion, it's okay. Chapter 4, verse 1 kind of ends this series, or this, this chunk of scripture. Thus, the word of Samuel came to all Israel. We went from a place of not hearing God's voice to now all of a sudden Israel gets blessed because he's hearing what he has, what Jesus, what God has to say. So good news, if you're like Samuel, you're feeling like, I haven't really heard God's voice, this is really weird, I just walked in today, and I'm brand new, glad you're here. If you're not experiencing this area, you need to know we're all growing, and we're learning how to walk closer to Jesus so we can have this constant conversation, not just talking to him in prayer and giving him our, our list, but actually listening for what he has to say too. So... This is the seventh message in this series. We are not in a hurry to get through it. About learning the unforced rhythms of grace. Last week, I shared some answers to frequently asked questions on this topic. And so we're just going to continue on with that. So if you're watching online on YouTube and you're saying, wait, wait, what's going on? Push stop, go to last week, listen to last week, then come back here, push start, and you'll be good to go. So, we talked about where do we get this idea of God speaking? Where does that come from? Where's the, what's the biblical evidence for that? Does God still speak to us today? Really? Do you have to have a full-on relationship with God to hear his voice? Why does God speak to his people when we already have the Bible? And what are the ways that God speak? so, speaks? So, I talked a little bit about the, some of the ways that God speaks I could talk about this forever, but I just want to spend a few more minutes finishing up this point, and we'll get on to our last few questions. So first of all, one of the ways that God loves to speak is he loves to help his people with problems. For instance, my friend Mike Emmons, he was actually worshiping up here this, this morning. He's one of our mamas and papas here in the church, and he leads a group on Thursday mornings of... Dudes who fix stuff around the church. By the way, if you're free on Thursday morning, you want to come down and join them, you don't have to be an expert. You can just come down, they put a pot of coffee on, pray together, and then they work together and they have a great time. And it's really fun to have them here. But Mike, a few weeks ago, had the crew together and he was looking for a tool. He had to have that tool in order for that team to work and he can't find the tool. And he's looking and he's looking. Finally he says, Lord, help me. I don't know where to find this. These guys are waiting on me. And all of a sudden, he had the impression to go look on the seat of the truck. He had already looked in the truck already. So he decided to go around the other side. He told me the story. He opened up the, the, the truck door. There it is, right there, right in front of his face on the seat. Was it there before? No. What did God do? God's like, okay, okay, right there. Do you see it now? Good. By the way, this is not the only time this has happened here at Neighborhood Church. These are keys, and they are very valuable. These are valuable property to you and especially to us, especially when it's keyed to about $20,000 worth of locks here. You lose your keys, you're in big... It's a big problem. Lori Wurlitzer, who does finances for us, told me at least two stories of several times where, well, she misplaced her keys in her office. And she's praying and praying, Lord, you got to help me understand. I got I to gotta find my keys. She looks and she looks. I mean, we're all looking. We can't find them. All of a sudden, her keys are sitting up on a shelf. She's never put her keys there ever. They're sitting there waiting for her to be discovered. What did God do? It's like, okay, all right, great. Okay, is that, is that visible enough for you? How about that right there? It didn't just happen once. It happened, tw- it happened twice. They were placed in the same place again. You think, well, Andrew, she just forgot. No, no, Lori's a smart lady. She knows what's up. She's aware. We had a friend. Came to our house, spent a little bit of time at the house. She's going to leave, and she goes out, and she comes back in. She says, I have no idea what happened to my keys. And I just said, "Lord, all right, Lord, we got to find these keys. Give me a picture of where they are. All of a sudden... I got this picture of inside her car door right on the, in that little crack between where the door, door ends and where the, the seat starts. That they were sitting right there. I said, um, let me go out and look with you. I didn't say this to our friend. I don't have to say, I think God spoke and he showed me this picture. I think it's, I'm just like learning here to, how to hear God's voice. I'm like, oh, go out there. So I Went out there, I opened up the door, I reached my hand down, and there they were, right, exactly where the Lord gave me a picture of. She's like, how did you do that? Well, I prayed, and I felt like the Lord showed me a picture of that. And her head went, Ooh. I'm like, why? Because God loves us. He wants to share things with us. So sometimes God wants to solve your problem. And you just have to ask. Next time you lose your keys, I bet you're going to pray about it. Had a great conversation with my friend Mama Jane down here. And she, like many of the rest of you, have been awakened in the night. Some of you have been literally like, you feel like someone is like shaking your shoulder and you look and there's no one there. By the way, don't get freaked out by that. That's God going, um, I've got something for you to pray for. What do you do? Samuel just told us what to do. Speak, Lord, your servant's listening. (laughs) I was like, tell me, Lord, so I can pray about it and I can get back to sleep. I just want to check off the box. Probably not the right attitude. I understand that, but I like my sleep. What about hearing your name? Do you ever hear, you feel like you're hearing your name and there's no one there? This 1 Samuel 3 should tell you that's what God does. It happens to me more than you'd know. And I'm like... And like Samuel, most of the time, I, don't, I think, oh, it's just my imagination. I must be. But God's just trying to teach us. See, God's always, he's teaching God. And the Holy Spirit was given to remind us of the words of Jesus. That's what John says. So he's constantly doing things for us to teach us how to, how to, how to hear. You are constantly in his classroom, whether you know it or not. One last thing. I think God loves to put his hand on your shoulder. Some of the most powerful moments with God, all of a sudden I feel like there's a little bit of a weight on my one shoulder. I'm not worried about ghosts. Not a problem. Because a company with this is a peace. This has happened to me in dreams, in real life. He just wants to calm his child. Sometimes he doesn't want to, he's not going to calm the storm like you want, you want him to. He's going to calm your heart. And oftentimes there's just something, I don't know if, about you, but for me it's he's right over my right shoulder and he puts his left hand on my right shoulder. All right. Let's go to number six. By the way, this is one of my favorite things to talk about. I'm so excited that we get to talk about this today. What are the reasons we don't hear God's voice? There's got to be some reasons, some stuff that kind of messes up stuff, gums up the connection, if you will. You haven't, maybe you haven't had someone like Eli to help you with the next steps. Do you know somebody who seems to walk with Jesus? They don't have to be someone who's like, thus saith the Lord. Don't love that delivery, by the way. We can talk about that a different time. Um, they don't have to be someone who, you know, is a pastor or on a church staff. They just have to be somebody who's sensitive and growing and learning. Oh, maybe So one conversation for one hour with one person one time a week. Maybe it's a rhythm you should consider. Prayers can be hindered by our lack of faith or doubt Hebrews 11 says, it's impossible, to, it's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who earnestly or sincerely seek him. Our prayers are often hindered by a lack of love. Proverbs 21, those who shut their ears to the cries of the poor will be ignored in their time of need. Ooh. Here's one of my favorites. Husbands, in a similar way, live with your wives with, with understanding since they are weaker than you are. Honor your wives as those who share God's life-giving kindness so that nothing will interfere with your prayers. 1 Peter 3, 7. What's going on here? It's clear that if my relationship with my wife is wonky, it is going to affect my ability to communicate with God. The word, the little Greek word for this, to interfere, and kopto. And kopto, it means uh, to cut off, uh, block off the road, as if like, uh, think about a big boulder that rolls down and just blocks the whole road. It is an obstacle that stands sharply in the way of a moving object. So you can imagine driving your car and a big boulder comes down. It's a very sudden stop. And it's that way with our relationship with hearing God's voice, I believe. Now, this is a phone. For some of you, you have no idea that phones have cords. But this one does. This, for those of you who have been around a while... When you look at the bottom of the phone, it has John Anderson's name on it. It sat up there in the light booth, purchased in 1983. And so this phone represents us hearing from God. It's the red phone that goes straight to the boss, right? And in a lot of ways... When I choose to allow things just to linger and fester in my life, unconfessed sin and certainly pride, we're going to talk about that in a second. Well, it's a little bit like this. Now, this cord, this phone does not work unless it's plugged into the wall. That's the way it works. It's before cell phones. You had to have a cable. But oftentimes, we allow things in our life, and just like that, the connection is broken. We can't hear him. He can hear us. We can't hear. Hello? Hello? What? Can you hear me now? No? And I really want to challenge you if you want to grow in this hearing from God, then continuing to keep a soft heart is critical. Where do I see this in the Bible? Glad you asked. Let's take a look at one of your favorite groups of people from the Gospels, the Pharisees, John 5. Jesus says this in John 5, verse 37. And the Father who sent me has himself testified concerning me, you have never heard his voice. Let's stop right there. So Jesus is saying to the Pharisees, you've never heard his voice. Huh. I wonder why. Well, I think we see why in the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector in Luke 19 where Jesus says this, to some who were confident in their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. So he, they were confident in their own righteousness and they looked down on everybody else. I believe that pride, the presence of pride, always replaces the presence of God as we try to hear his voice. Proverbs 16, verse 5. Everyone who is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Assuredly, he will be he will not be unpunished. This word for abomination is the same word for child sacrifice in Deuteronomy 12. Do you think God's really serious about pride? 100%. 1 Peter 5, 5, going to the New Testament. Just in case you don't believe the Old Testament, I'll go ahead and show you in the New Testament. All of you... Clothe yourself with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So those who are prideful, they seldom ask God questions or ask for their opinion because they think they already have it. They already know what God thinks and they think that God thinks that they're superior to everybody. And you know what? God is such a, the Holy Spirit's such a gentleman. He just honors what you want. The second most powerful thing in the whole universe is your will, your free will to make decisions. And so we make decisions to be prideful, and God honors that by giving you space. How do I know that? Psalm 138, verse 6. Though the Lord is on high, he looks upon the lowly, but the proud he knows from afar. You walk in pride, God's going to know you from afar. That scares me to death. There's some other reasons why you might get static in your line to God in hearing his voice. But I believe that if you humble yourself, it pretty much begins to take care of all the other things. Humility is the key to being able to tune in and hear what God has to say. So, frequently asked question number seven. Well, what are the compelling voices that I need to recognize? I'm going to go with what some of the early church fathers said. They said the world, the flesh, and the devil. I'm currently uh, reading a book by John Mark Comer um, on how to defeat the lies that come with these three forces in this life. I'm only a few chapters in, so catch me in the next couple weeks and I can give you a report. He's also the one who wrote the book, the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And actually, I've been spitting out lots of books. And this next week on our website, we'll have a, a click through to see all the resources we've been talking about because there's a lot of them. And you'll, you'll have an, a, a chance to be able to order books that way. So the world, the flesh, the devil, because the enemy will speak to us and tempt us and talk to us and condemn us. So what is the difference between his voice and God's voice? Just real quick, just a little... Cute little graphic I found online. God's voice calms, the enemy of our soul's voice obsesses. God comforts, our enemy worries us. God convicts, which is more exposing, not condemning, just to be clear. The enemy condemns. God's voice encourages, Satan's voice discourages. God's voice enlightens, Satan's voice confuses. God's voice leads us. Satan's voice pushes us. God's voice reassures. The enemy's voice frightens and brings fear. God's voice stills us and gives us a peace. And there is a rush and a hurry to everything that the enemy seems to speak over us. The opinions and the voices of this world will always try to get you to gratify your own cravings. That's one of the ways you know it's not God. So this is about continuing to learn discernment over time, and the voice recognition grows. Oh, it's you. When your spouse or your kids call, they don't, don't normally probably say, hey, this is such and such. They just said, hi, and you know exactly who they are. Why? Because you recognize their voice. It's the same way with God. As we hear his voice more and more, we recognize what it sounds like. Thanks so much. All right. Getting close to wrapping it up here. Uh, Eight. How do I know when it's God and when it's just my own thoughts? I think this is going to be maybe uh, the most important stuff that I say today. And I just prayed about this and put this list together. So let's put the list on the screen. It's It's large. And this will be reposted as well. Our friend Cindy does that really well. But God's voice has an echo to it. It has a a repetition to it. And even as I've been listening to the Bible in, in the Old Testament, God's so repetitious. Why? Because he knows that that's what we need to realize it's him. Sometimes it takes a while for me. Oh, that's you. Okay. So there's a repetition to what God's voice sounds like. Sometimes he'll keep saying it until you do it. Something you didn't know prior that all of a sudden you've got knowledge of. If something pops in your mind and you didn't have any clue, you could be sure, and it's true, by the way, this is a true thing, not an untrue thing, that's God. Sometimes you don't know that till afterwards. You go, like, oh, I knew that, but I didn't know it. That's amazing. It's God. He's teaching you. Sometimes you'll get Bible verse fragments. We talked about this last week with Gaylord Enns, that he heard this no need of you phrase over and over and over like a ticker tape in his mind. And then he went and found it in the Bible. Oh, here's the context. And oh, that applied to what was going on with the pastors. And oh, it moved us into a completely new season. It was a powerful word from the fruit standpoint, that it bore much good fruit. Sometimes I'll be sitting down here in worship, and I'll I'll hear it like a number, like 42. And I immediately begin to look up things that are associated with 42 in my Bible. Psalm 42, or different things. Just see, Lord, is this a, and oftentimes, I can't even tell you, it's so stunning. The Lord leads me to a psalm, and I come up and read it, and you're like, oh, that was nice. I just went up with the song. I'm like, that's, and I'm looking like this, and because the Lord just popped the number into my head. And I, I, I looked at it, and I'm like, that's what's on the screen. They're seeing that right now. That's amazing. And sometimes I just go on a wild goose chase, and I don't find anything. God sounds like quiet and calm and confident. There's no fear or judgment or condemnation in how he sounds. For me, whenever God speaks, there's a peace that's delivered. Now, I will give you a caveat. Sometimes when he's challenging me to do something really hard, I feel peaceful and and a little bit like, you're asking me to do what? You're asking me to talk to who? You're asking me to take that risk? Those two things can be true at the same time. You can have peace and a little bit of concern about how this is going to work out because he's inviting you to trust you more, trust him more. Dissonance in your body disappears. Sometimes when you hear God's voice, there's things in your body that just tell you, oh, everything's going to be okay. Sometimes this only happens once you obey what God says, and then all of a sudden, whatever that headache is or whatever, it's gone. So sometimes there's a change in your body. God's voice leads you to love and serve others, not do things for yourself necessarily, although God is perfectly happy to love, care for, provide, even give you things that, above and beyond what you need. And he loves to bless you. He's not afraid of you asking for things from him, by the way. He's got the cattle on a thousand hills. He can drop a cow in your backyard. You can have a great barbecue if you want. So... While he leads you to love and serve others and it's not about selfish things, God still is okay with you receiving from him. Spontaneous things all of a sudden popping into your mind. For me, that's oftentimes when I go, oh, that's gotta be the Lord because I was not thinking about that at all. And then when you act on it, it's very fruitful. Okay, I gotta come to a close here in a minute. So let's go to number nine. How do I get rid of the inner noise in my head? Andrew, you've been talking about slowing. You talked about silence and solitude. So I did this 10 minutes thing. Boy, was that tough. I just sat down and all of this stuff was going on in my head. How do I get rid of the inner noise? I'm glad you asked. Here's a little chart for you. Okay, so this is from Mark Ver- Verkler. We'll put, the, pu- we'll put the, the link online so you can... Check it out. This is one of the best resources as far as hearing God's voice. It's a booklet. I've been looking over it again and just really enjoy Mark and uh, his wife and what they put together. So he, this is his work. Just want to give him credit. It's very important. So the problem, you're thinking of things to do. If you are a list maker, you go, oh, I forgot to do the such and such. I left the iron on or whatever it is. The thing is, right? What's the solution? Just jot it down. Have a little sticky note or whatever, and as soon as you jot it down, then you can kind of let, let it go for the next nine minutes, right? The problem, replaying your past or current sins. Man, this happens more than you know. You are not alone in this. That all of a sudden, the enemy of your soul goes, yeah, you're trying to listen to God. Well, I'm going to show you all the things you did wrong for the last 30 years. And he just starts replaying the, mess, the, 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 the videos, right? Horrible. This is the accuser of your soul. This is not God speaking to you because God doesn't parade your sins in front of you. That's not the way he rolls. So what's the solution? Jesus, I trust you. I just, I confess that sin. I blew it. We just take it as far as the East is from the West. If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to, to forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness but I don't feel forgiven after I pray that. Well, then you've got a truth issue and we need to work with you on that because what God says is always true. Your mind is flitting all about, I twirl. I know you can't imagine being like this. I mean, just those of us who are weak-minded are like this, but trust me, it, it might happen to you. Focus on a vision of Jesus say, Jesus, I just want to see you show me what you look like and begin to let your imagination take you to the place that we read about, that throne room where those 24 elders are sitting on thrones and Jesus is sitting on the throne and there's a rainbow that's emerald behind him and there's light everywhere and there's singing and holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And you could even begin to just say that, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is to come. And picture yourself in that place. All of a sudden, all that noise is going to go away. You need to get in touch with your heart. You're just in your brain and you got to get to your heart. By the way, this is where all of the decisions are really made. You think it's here, it's actually here. More on that later. So what do you need to do? You need to move from actually your left brain to your right brain. In order to do that, Music is one of the best ways to do that. Just begin singing a song to God. It could be Jesus loves me. It could be whatever you want it to be. You can make up your own song. By the way, God loves that. Last one. I need more time with God. Andrew, this just doesn't work out. You haven't seen my life. I'm like, uh, I'm going 100 million miles an hour. Great, there are some things you're already doing where you can carve out the time. Do you drive anywhere by yourself? All All the moms are like, no. I don't even get to go to the bathroom by myself anymore. So, driving, exercising, showering, going to the potty, sure, whatever. Say, Jesus, here I am. Would you just speak to me? Just carving out the moments. And actually, if you ask Jesus for that, you might be surprised that all of a sudden, your kids get really inspired to go play Legos for like 10 minutes. Try it. Because God cares about meeting with you. Well, so... There is no way that in two sermons we could talk all of the things about hearing God's voice. It is a lifelong journey that is absolutely a roller coaster and exciting. We're constantly learning and growing and we want to learn and grow together. And as we close, I I heard a story of a woman who was struggling with being an unwanted child. Her mother was a prostitute and she was a byproduct of her mother's occupation. And even though she, her pilgrimage had brought her to a place of faith in Jesus Christ, she'd been blessed by a deeply Christian husband and beautiful children, give her a life of love and stability. She was obsessed with the idea of finding out who her father was. And this obsession was beginning to affect her marriage and her identity, her family and her life. And one day, she was standing at the kitchen sink doing dishes, and tears of anguish and frustration running down her face. And in her agony, she cries out, oh God, who is my father? Then she said she heard a voice saying, I am your father. The voice was so real, she turned around to see if anyone was behind her who had come into the kitchen, but there was no one there. Again, the voice came, I am your father and I have always been your father. In that moment, she knew the profound reality, that, fa- that profound reality that she had been adopted and God was truly her loving father, the one who says, your daddy you. I just am praying so hard that we will find space to learn and listen to what God has to say. Because just like Grayson, it will transform your life. You begin to understand the things that are going on around you. But most importantly, you'll understand the love of the Father. So would you stand? Prayer folks, if you'd come down front, I'd love to pray for you. Jesus, we believe that you're always speaking. Teach us and help us to hear your voice and to discern when it's you and when it's the voice of the world, the flesh, and the devil. Thank you that you're always teaching. Teach us by your spirit in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks y'all for coming. If you need prayer, we have prayer teams down here. We'd love to pray for you. We'll see you next week.